Welcome to the Christian Life Coach Collective. I'm your host and coach, Lauren Malone, and I'm here to help you become the hero of your own story and learn to be a guide to others. Whether you're a life coach in any niche or you want to become one, or you're just listening in so you can self-coach to lead your own life well, this podcast is here to serve you. I'm super excited to walk with you into your calling and help you create a wonderful legacy for your life. So let's jump in to today's episode. Welcome back. And I hope that you cannot hear the cicadas outside my window because it's only 11 o'clock in the morning and they are so incredibly loud. So loud and my windows are closed. So if you hear something kind of creepy sounding in the background, that's what they are. (laughs) It's just, it's August and I don't know where you live, but they are everywhere here. They're literally falling from the sky and landing And I think they just get a concussion and eventually I look over and they're gone. (laughs) So they land on our lanai while we're sitting out there. And um, I work out there a lot, especially in the morning before it gets hot. And suddenly I will hear this bam. (laughs) And I look over and somewhere I will find a cicada just laying upside down. And um, about five minutes later, he collects himself and flies away. (laughs) But really, they look like they're just falling from the sky. I love the summer and I'm, I'm actually very sad that it's coming to a close. And I'm, I'm one of those people that feels a little bit locked in when I think about the end of something, because I don't like the end of things. I don't like the end of things I love, especially. And I love, love summer. So I'm already sad about the pool closing up eventually, even though that's like really not till October here. Um, I'm sad about the loss of free time. (laughs) I'm sad about all of it. So I'm trying to keep my hopes on the present day and not dwell on the future too much. That said, I want to talk to you about what you're focusing on. There are three things that I feel very um, just led by the Lord to share with you that I encourage you to give focus to in this season of no matter, you know, obviously what season of the year you're listening to this in this season where you might be starting a business where you want to become an entrepreneur or maybe you have been one but you weren't really clear from the get-go about what you needed to give your foundational focus to and these are three that I feel really impressed upon me to share with you today I'm not going to tell you it's an exhaustive list I'm probably going to add more episodes down the road of three more things to focus on as a God-led entrepreneur. But these are the three that I really feel to start with. Number one, first and foremost, is intimacy with the Lord. Time spent in prayer and just talking to your father is just as important. If, well, okay, it's more important than the time you spend actually doing all of the legwork and building your business. The intimacy in your relationship with God is what's going to hold you up when things get hard. It's what is going to lead you. It's how you're going to discern things. It's it, He is the one that you go to when you don't know what to do. He's the one you go to because he knows how he made you. He knows all of the answers, right? So we don't just go to him, obviously, because we need an answer or a quick fix. 
but go spend time with him and talk to him throughout the day like he's actually your dad. And make time to get into the Word. Use um, the Dwell app, if you've ever heard of that, D-W-E-L-L. There are free parts of it. You can also have a monthly subscription to it, but it's really, it's just people reading the Bible. And it's so beautiful because people around the world and all these different languages and accents, they are reading the word straight to you. It's a great thing to fall asleep to when you just need peace, but it's also something you can listen to in the morning or just put on in the speaker while you're cleaning the house, put it on in Spotify on your computer while you work and get the word into your spirit, into your brain. Okay. Listen to other sermons on podcasts and hey, read the actual Bible. (laughs) If you need a plan, great. If you like to play roulette, then just crack it open. Do what you have to do, whatever works for you. Get in the word. Um, The second part of that is like find a devotional and then put it where you need it to be in the morning. Find a devotional specifically for Whatever it is you do as an entrepreneur, as a mom, as a dad, as a teacher, as a coach, as whatever it is that you do, go look and see if there's a devotional that is specifically written to the stage of life you're in or the thing that you do and the struggles that you have and, you know, put it wherever it needs to be so it's accessible and efficient so that you will actually use it. I have different books on the actual, the table, like paper books. I don't have a ton of them, Um, but I do have some devotionals and my Bible on a table so that it's just there in the morning. But I also have a ton of books on Kindle because I like to be able to read and have it all synced wherever I am because I consume all day long to learn and I want my book I want to be able to open it while I'm sitting in the waiting room somewhere and just pick up where I was going and have all my notes and my highlights right there. And I love the ability to do that. So I have books on Kindle. I have devotional books. I have learning books. um, And on also I have Kindle just open on my iPad uh, and my laptop. So I can always go if I find out that I jumped into work first thing this morning, I can stop and say, wait a minute. I'm going to jump over into this um, devotional or I'm going to crack open the Bible, the app or an actual Bible or just look up a scripture in Google and I just need some of the word before I keep going. I'm going to ask the Lord, hey, what do you what do you want to show me today, Dad? What do I need to know right now? What do you want to fill me up with? So make sure you take time and let it just become normal. Don't make it weird. It doesn't have to be at a set time every day. You do you, whatever works for you. But personally, I'm a conversationalist. If you can't tell, I like to talk with people. (laughs) And so I'm literally talking to God all day long. In my mind, I'm having conversations. That is prayer. It is intimacy. That is the way I do it. So you go do it your way, but make sure you have a way. That's all I'm saying. And then Ask an investor to pray with you, keep you accountable to actively listening to what God is saying to you about your business. So an investor is someone who has said yes to holding you accountable and praying for you and supporting you on the path God's leading you down. 
and I'm there's going to be an episode an episode soon about what I call investors and how to go find them. So that's intimacy. The first thing I say you really need to focus on. The second thing is your growth plan. God-led businesses are usually grown more organically, and so there's less books out there written about them, okay? But God is so faithful to use whatever tools we have in our tool belt. If we are willing to acknowledge them, he will use them. So even if all you've ever known about business comes from outside of a God-led paradigm and there's been no faith in it, he will still use all of the knowledge you have, all the books that you have to read, the people in your life. He can still use them. The difference is that your soul is not leading your business, but the spirit within you, okay? And that spirit within you is connected. It's Emmanuel. He is with you always. So a God-led business just means that you're leading with your spirit as opposed to your ego and your soul and the flesh, okay? So it's easy to say that we'll let God lead us in our business, Until that moment when a decision must be made and we don't have clarity from the Lord that we had hoped we would have by this point. It's the 11th hour. Hello, Jesus. Need three confirmations. I gave a fleece. I laid down a fleece, you know, (laughs) so maybe we want something for our business that we haven't gotten confirmation about yet. It's really a tough place to be when anxiety hits you or when there's something you really want, you don't feel release about yet. I'm just going to say, go back to intimacy with the Lord. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Your growth plan is God's growth plan. If that's what you're trying to build is a business led by God, kingdom led, then keep going back to your growth plan and your commitment to it that you grow with God in his leading, you're co-creating something and walk yourself back into peace and faith as opposed to fear and anxiety and frustration. And also remember that you can just pick a way to go. (laughs) If you don't know what to do in any one area, you can just learn to trust yourself enough to pick a way to go and start moving towards it and trust the Lord invite him and pray about it to give you peace and favor in the way you go or to give you a red flag, you know, that check in your spirit telling you to stop and reevaluate. Ask God to always lead you no matter which way you start heading and trust him to do it. But trust yourself to actually move through the light, you know, put the foot on the gas, start paddling that boat out. Trust yourself to take action And then trust God to show you what to do as you move forward. If you feel God's telling you not to do something, don't step past that. But if you're not hearing something, learn that you can trust yourself to lead yourself well and trust God to come with, be with you. But also just trust that you don't have to sit and wait for his command to go. You know, this is a story. It's a co-creative process that you're in and God is part of it. He hasn't left you just because you haven't heard something. 
But if you need to make a decision, make one and practice it and see what happens. It's really beautiful when you find out that God is not a taskmaster. He is not a slave driver. He's a friend and he's a dad. And he's willing actually to let you go the way you want to go and be with you. And if it's a mistake, he's like, but I'm still here. Do you want to know what to do next? It's really beautiful. And in business, there's, especially in coaching, but in every business, there's so much teaching about what is your niche. I think that's fantastic. Learn everything you can about your niche and your ideal client and audience I teach it as well inside the greenhouse course, and I will talk about it in the podcast, but niche is not as important as your calling. So your purpose and your passion and your superpowers, God-given superpowers, right? They all can point you into a niche where you can operate with, in some, like with some degree of success, maybe a, a huge amount of success. But there are, while there's important aspects of the niche to understand and even pursue, recognizing that more important than that is what God is doing in and through your life, because that's going to be more sustainable, more successful, and more fruitful. It's going to lead you down a road further than any niche ever can. If your niche and the world's needs and your calling line up, that convergence is incredible. It's a high. And you, when you experience that, that what you are made to do go aligns with what you offer and you're actually doing, and that aligns with what the world needs around you, God's favor is so attracted to that. So I say all of that to express that a niche is important. But I say, let your niche be led by your calling and God's spirit within you more than um, when you're scrolling down Facebook or Instagram and you see this person telling you that they can help you find your niche because it is the most important thing that you've ever done. Okay, great. You God may use that person or that teaching or that download. Great. But don't let it get you detracted and, and distracted from what God has actually created you to do, what you're created for. And number three, first being intimacy, second being your growth plan. I'm just going to say this and you might not like it. Focus on your money mindset. Constantly submit your money mentality and paradigm to God because it's going to rise up and bite you often. (laughs) It is where pride and greed and comparison, so many things pop up in this mindset around money. And it comes from multiple places. It comes from our family of origin. It comes from the teaching we've had inside of the church. It comes from the kinds of voices that we have in our heads, the, the people who are speaking to us through social media and Um, TikTok and YouTube and the books we read and the podcasts we listen to, this, your money mindset is coming from one place or another. And I say our mindsets, I, I I look at them in three levels. I look at it from our mindset based out of being an orphan, 
an orphan mindset and believing that we have to take care of ourselves. Nobody else is ever going to take care of us. God is not faithful or trustworthy. And then there's our default or striving mindset, which is like, okay, I have to do most of this on my own. You know, um, sometimes it gets healthier and sometimes it dips into the unhealthier, but it's kind of like the default mindset of I'm just going about my day, taking care of myself. And then there's that adopted mindset. And that is saying like, my God is my all in all. Jesus is my provider. He is my protector. And I will constantly lean into him and I can trust him. And he gives me what I need in just exactly the right timing. And I'm learning how to live in expectancy instead of expectations. And I know that my calendar and my watch are synced to him. I'm going to say that I think most of us live in that striving area as believers most of the time. And we rise up into that adopted mentality, that wealth mindset. And we can be there for a little while. And we love it. And we're like, this is what I'm made for. This is how I'm made to believe. And then we fall back into the habit of a striving mentality. And then when things happen and we get hit fear and things are triggered in our brain, we, we can fall into that orphan mindset, that scarcity, fear, um, poverty mindset that says, I'll just never have enough. And it is so hopeless. I believe that it's important to know where your mindset is in your business. Are you oper- Which level of health in your mindset are you operating in around your money? Because obviously having a business means not only do you want to offer what you are capable of doing, but you want to make money doing it. You need to pay the bills. This is actually how the world's going around here on earth. So it is okay to do that. And, you know, you don't want to get greedy on the one side, and you don't want to be stuck in a scarcity mentality. Um, You know, I would say in my life, I don't feel like the church in the past 25 years of my walk with the Lord has done a great job teaching how to have money, make money, and keep money without feeling bad about it. (laughs) So honestly, years ago, I started, I decided to chuck everything that the church and preachers and books have taught me, as well as what my family taught me about money. And I decided to let Holy Spirit teach me. And now I see how out of alignment I was in my mindset and my belief system, my paradigm, I was so out of alignment with God's plan for money. Have you ever thought about like, what is God's plan for money? Obviously, the love of money is the root of all evil. We all, we've all heard it, right? But it's the love of money. That's the pride and the greed and the harmful side effects of loving money. And do you know you don't have to have money to love it? Money isn't the root of evil. It is what's in your heart about money. And in your business, that's a massive issue. It's something you have to focus on and take to the Lord. And maybe I should retitle this episode to three things to focus on and take to the Lord as a God-led entrepreneur. But just make sure that the love of money isn't ruling you because you don't have to have money. And you can say money doesn't matter to me, but you would be lying. I'm going to, yeah, sorry if that hurts your feelings, but you'd be lying if you said money doesn't matter to you. 
or you're not doing it for the money. Okay, I understand. I've said it and I understand what you mean by that, but I want you to get more honest with your language and say, money does matter. Money makes a difference. Money pays my bills and keeps a roof over my kid's head. That is important. Me having value and offering it and getting paid for it, that's important. And money is how that happens. That transaction happens with money. That's okay. Bible's not telling us to do it any differently. The Bible is saying, manage your mindset and your heart and lead yourself well so that you don't do things because you love money, because you don't have money and you love it so much, you're willing to make choices that are out of alignment with the kingdom. Or you have so much money that it's taking over and you are loving it. You are, if you are loving money, then you're setting it up as a God and you're worshiping it and you don't have to have money or you don't have to have a ton of money to worship money and make it an idol in your life. That is where the root of evil is, is in idolizing and giving love to money instead of the Lord. Now, um, I'm going to say, first, I'm going to say an example before, before I scare you. Um, with a different topic. I have a friend who had a podcast episode recently that blew up, right? And she had one episode, had like almost 2,000 downloads in one day, and that hadn't been normal. It's not my normal. Like my my episodes don't have, I don't check them all the time. But when I do look, my in one day, I don't have one episode that, that somebody, you know, so many people listen to. 2,000 times in one day. I started this podcast less than four months ago. I don't expect to be at that place. But you know what happened? Is I found out that happened for her, and I was so excited for her. Jealousy did not rise up in my heart because I've practiced and learned how to see that when someone else achieves something or gets something, gains something, does something that I want, I look at it and go, oh my gosh, it's proof that it is possible. Look at that. And I think, wow, that must feel amazing to her that one episode blew up like that. That's going to change. That's a change maker for her podcast. And I want that for her and I want it for myself. And we can be both. We can want other people to make money and do well and also want it for ourselves without wanting what they have or wishing that they had less so that we are on the winning, the the pride side of comparison. We don't need to do that. We can just simply say, that is so awesome you have that. I want that too. And I now I have more faith that it can happen because I'm actually seeing it happen in someone else's life. So instead of making me feel terrible, that hasn't happened to me yet. That's not fun. Manage your mind better than that. Don't go down that road. You know why? That's a lie. And where do lies come? The liar. They come from the liar. So don't listen to him. Instead, look at it and say, now I see the potential. I see the possibility that those people who are all over social media saying they're making seven figures and I can too. Um, look at what they're doing 
and say, I love that that's possible. And I'm going to let my faith take hold of that possibility. I'm going to let my mind and my imagination and my creativity wrap itself around the fact that if it can happen for other people, it can be for me. It is a not yet. It's a difference between my now and my not yet, but I love it for them. And I'm going to take hold of the possibility of it and move my faith in that direction. So I'm saying that about her podcast because I thought it was a really great example of how we operate and in our, um, our greed towards, in our jealousy towards other people and the amount of money they have. Instead, just say, wow, look what's possible. Now, my scary thing is that I want to talk about tithing. And I know that's an issue for a lot of us because when it's taught, it doesn't always feel good. And we, because of our own money paradigms, we struggle, right? But I can't leave it out simply because I know from experience that when I'm tithing cheerfully, I find great peace and great favor. And I might rattle some of you when I say this, but because I do want to be a cheerful giver, (laughs) I want to want to give. I want to want to sow. We pray weekly about where we tithe. We don't give um, to a nonprofit, a ministry, or a church every week every Friday or every Sunday morning. All I can say is that it really makes my heart glad when I give where I know God's directing me. When I give someplace and know it's making somebody's day, it is meeting a need. And I love it so much more than the ability to have more tax deductions next spring. If if my husband and I know of a need, we use tithe to meet it. And sometimes beyond, and I believe in having a benevolence um, account, if at all possible, go for it. And it feels so good to meet needs. It feels so good to sow into other people. It feels amazing to give money away. I'm just going to tell you, test the Lord in it and see if it doesn't feel great to let go of something that you need yourself and sow it to somebody else. And instead of looking at it like you're losing something, look at it like you're going to gain this amazing feeling and expression of sowing and favor because you're giving someone something they need. You're meeting a need. That's where the cheerfulness really comes from. And I also don't subscribe to a tenth of anything either. I use the word tithe as a first fruit baseline. It's not a number or a percentage. And also, I've gotten rid of the fear of retribution of God if I don't tithe one week or even a season of my life. I have never seen God strike me with lightning yet. I I am not going to operate like money can be held over me as something I need to be afraid. Like tithing, it has it in the church in my life, I'm not saying for you, but in the past 25 years, the experience I've had around tithing is that whether I feel it or not, the people around me say that tithe is really compulsory and fear-based. As much as a pastor or you know somebody doing the offer tithes and offerings collection, 
might have a really wonderful way of inviting you to give, there's something in the background in our money mindset, our money paradigm that is undergirding the fear that is alongside of it. And I think it really is where the enemy is empowered because we let that stay there and operate. And so I chucked it. I said, no, I don't do that anymore. I am not submitted to what somebody says from a platform on Sunday morning, and I'm not submitted to what the, the fear of the enemy. I am submitted to what the Lord, what the Holy Spirit is giving me direction and guidance to do. So this is how I operate. And you, if you feel Holy Spirit telling you to so, do something different, I'm telling you to go do what he says. If it is the exact opposite of what I do, if it is exactly what I'm telling you I don't do, you still need to do that. You have to follow the Lord. Do not follow man. Don't follow me. Go do what the Lord says. And if you're not hearing him, it's because you're not going and listening. So again, go back to the step one, (laughs) intimacy with the Lord. And I say that, you know, I don't fear not giving, but I do see a difference that when we're tithing from our personal accounts, ministry account and business accounts, we see a difference and we see a difference in what comes back to us. We see a difference in our own provision and favor with God and man. We see a difference in the protection. We see a difference in all of it more than when we, you know, there's a, there's a greater level of everything spiritually when we're giving and not tied to the love of money that causes us to not want to give, that leads us into fear when we're not tied to that and idolizing money and we give it freely and cheerfully, we see amazing differences in our own finances. And we've decided to give financially to others and what they're called to as well as what they're going through because that makes us cheerful and glad when we do it rather than the compulsory act because you know a pastor or a scripture demands it of me. And I've also been in a situation so many times when we ourselves needed miracles for the past 20 years and somebody's seemingly random gift to us made all of the difference in the world. And I love being on the recipient end of miracles, but I love more than that, partnering with God in creating miracles. So that's how we look at tithing. It's partnering with God in miracles for people exactly when they need one. It might be a family member in need or somebody we kind of know who's starting something new God called them to and we want to support them. Or maybe even a stranger who just needs to know God is listening to them. He cares. It might be a church or a ministry or a missionary we believe in supporting. But regardless, what it really is, is a way that we connect to God, our provider, at a deeper level. We show him, we trust him to be our all in all. We worship him and his provision alone. We don't worship money because like my husband constantly reminds me, you cannot outgive God. That is my soapbox and I'm off of it. Um, so to recap, the three things I really want you to be focused on and take to the Lord as a God-led entrepreneur, our intimacy with the Lord, being connected to your dad, to your best friend, your brother, and the, the teacher, comforter, and nurturer of God, okay? That is an absolute focus. Take your business to God. Go ask 
your father. And number two is a growth plan, growth plan. So learning to be led by God when you're niching down, scaling up, expanding, um, simplifying, hiring and letting go, closing up shop, changing seasons, pivoting, transitioning, etc. all of it. It is so important to maintain clarity and integrity in your business by going to the Lord to get it. And both clarity and integrity, they lead to confidence and joy as an entrepreneur, as a business owner. And number three is your money mindset. Let that paradigm, what you believe and think on and how you operate, the emotions and actions and results and legacy you create, let it flow from the relationship you have with your ultimate provider, the one who provided the sacrifice in order to invite you to eternal life with him. He's the provider of everything you need. I hope this episode blesses you and leads you and that God will use it to set you free in the name of Jesus. Honestly, this whole thing is my prayer for you to really have a strong foundation as an entrepreneur. And I can't let it go without saying that if you want to be in the greenhouse course starting September 29th, make sure you go to sterlingandstonementoring.com. Check out the greenhouse and get your application in today, especially if you want $100 off by applying before the end of August, August 31st. And inside that course, I'm going to teach you the foundations of entrepreneurship. I'm going to show you how to start up your business and become a coach, including the training and certification as a coach with Sterling and Stone. And you're going to have a group of people to do it with, which I wish I'd had. I really, really wish I had had a group of like-directed people in my life. Even now in this season, I'm desperate to have more and more people who are like-directed in my life because it is so fulfilling to have people to talk to and say, hey, I'm in the middle of this. What do you think? Or have you experienced it before? And the peer mentoring to me is one of the most valuable things in my life in my life, but as an entrepreneur, as a podcaster, as a coach, having people who understand where I'm at is so invaluable. And you can have that inside of the greenhouse. So it's a really lovely community of people. And the Sterling and, St- Sterling and Stone Life Coaches are amazing people. You will love them, whether you work with them because they coach you or you work with them as a peer coach, or you're in the training with them, you're going to love them. And I'm excited to have some of them on the podcast soon. So listen for that. All right, friends, have a great day. Until next time. Hey, thanks for listening. And I would love it if you could leave me a review wherever you listen to this podcast and tell me what you're loving about it. It helps other people who are looking for transformation and change and growth in their lives find me. And if you want to learn about becoming a coach with any of your superpowers, head over to sterlingandstonementoring.com and check out the greenhouse course. See you there.